Hey, everybody, welcome into the first episode of the 2021 edition of the Breslin Breakdown podcast. I'm Zach Sardenic here with my co-hosts, Owen Ozas, Aiden Champion, and Darren Baydoon, here to break down all things Michigan State women's basketball. And we've got a lot to talk about, guys, with the start to this season. Michigan State tying their best start in school history at 8-0, but dropping back-to-back games since. What are your guys' thoughts on the start of the season? Um, well, overall, I mean, I don't think you can say it can't be anything other than uh, positive, especially coming off the turbulent year they had last year dealing with injuries and, you know, some downplay from, you know, and, and things of that nature. But um, I, it's been good. I mean, this last week, you know, a close loss to a great team in Maryland necessarily isn't anything to have shame over, although the loss in Nebraska is something that, you know, they're probably going to uh, – not want to have to stick with them for the rest of the season, but overall it's been, it's been successful. Nia Cloud is right now enjoying um, an incredibly impressive year as the team's first option, you know, sophomores like Eliza Winston, Julia Ayrault have stepped up and are really doing well as starters. And, you know, the team has depth and, you know, despite this back-to-back losses, they should still be very much in the mix among the best teams of the big 10. Yeah. I don't think there's anything to panic about. I mean, First eight games of the season when they started out, you know, um, a lot of those games, they held off teams from coming back. You know, they get out to an early lead and then sometimes these teams would cut it close at halftime. They'd have a big third or fourth quarter. Um, But we've seen now with Maryland, who was number 12 um, when they lost to them and against Nebraska, that they're capable of being the team that, can make the comeback when they're down. Um, And I think that's promising for them. I think the Nebraska loss um, was just, maybe they're still getting over that Maryland loss, Um, but that Maryland loss was nothing to hang their heads over. Um, You know, again, they're ranked 12 in the the nation and um, that's, it was a close game and they came back from a big deficit. And I think, you know, that's, it's not something to dwell over. Yeah, I think that it's been really, really an interesting start to the season. I think we might've lost Owen there. Owen, you got any thoughts on the start of the season? Yeah, um, I mean, Michigan State, they started 8-0. That was really impressive. Uh, they started Big Ten play 2-0 when they beat, I believe it was Iowa and Minnesota. Um, they just looked really good. And then going into Maryland's game, it was like, are they going to be able to play up to Maryland? And for three quarters, they definitely did. It was just that second quarter really killed them. Uh, they just stopped scoring. Uh A-Roll and Tyre Parks both got in foul trouble. That's been a big point and issue so far of late for Michigan State Spartans is that they keep on getting in foul trouble and then they can't even play. So A-Roll and Parks combined for a total of three minutes total in the second quarter alone in that Maryland game, which was not good uh, to your big starting forwards out for them. And then Cloudin, of course, did step up for them. And then they only lost by, I believe it was six to Maryland. But had they actually played good in that second quarter and they had six turnovers that quarter, 
had they stopped turning over the, the ball, it probably would have been a totally different result. And then Nebraska, just a lot of things went wrong for the Michigan State team. Nebraska was 0-4 on the road, and then they got their first win at the Breslin, which was definitely disappointing. Nick Cloud had three points in the first half, and then you had injuries to A-Row and Tyre Park, so that's definitely going to be something to watch. But you got to get some confidence, Bill, against Illinois, get healthy, and then you got to head into Michigan with full force because they are one of the best, if not the best, you could argue between Maryland and Michigan being the best team in this Big Ten conference. Yeah, I want to hit on something you talked about a little bit as we kind of move towards this upcoming slate with the next three games for Michigan State being really big games at Illinois on Thursday night at 7, at Michigan on Monday afternoon, Martin Luther King special at 12.30, and home against Indiana. You can hear all of those games on the impact at impact89fm.org and in the Lansing area on 88.9 FM. But something you mentioned in there is going to be really big, in my opinion, for Michigan State, and that is those injuries to Julia Aralt and Tyre Parks. Julia Aralt has had an outstanding sophomore season. Tyre Parks has really been a big-time contributor inside as well. She's a double-double threat any game where she can dominate inside and pick up a lot of rebounds and second chance points. If they're without those two players, especially going into those games against Michigan and Indiana, that's going to be a big problem. So we'll go the opposite way around. What does Michigan state have to do to come out of that stretch with a successful record? Owen, you can go first. I mean, you got to do everything that you were doing in the first eight games. They were doing a fantastic job shooting from the field, uh, uh, driving to the basket, and went three with Aralt or Osmond or whoever. So open or Winston, it, they just started going away from that in the Maryland Nebraska game, and when they went back to it, then they started succeeding again. Michigan has a lot of really good players. Uh, I believe, is it Hummin? Is that how you say it? From, uh, from Michigan, she's a fantastic player. She's currently leading the uh, Big Ten in points scored. It's just like you got to be playing fantastic defense. You got to keep up with them because, I mean, had Maryland not gone on that cold streak, Michigan State would have been blown out in that game. So you just got to keep pace. Indiana as well. You just got to build your confidence, get healthy against Illinois, just work on the little things. And I think uh, Merchant touched on it in her press conference uh, this uh, for the Nebraska game that she wants to start playing less players. She wanted to make more people uh, happy, but if you're going to be Indiana, Michigan, you got to start going with seven, eight players and she's rolling with 10, 11 right now. You got to go with like Bostic or whoever off the bench because there's way too many girls coming off the bench and they're just not pretty. Yeah. I mean, um, one big positive thing to look at is Michigan state's still first in the big 10 in assists per game. Um, and they, they need to play off that because that's, you know, that's what helped them get out to that eight Oh start this season. Um, and it's no secret, you know, Illinois, they're um, 0 and 5 in the Big Ten. It's um, not a huge um, 
not a huge uh, threat, I guess you could say, but still they need to come out and they got to play. And, you know, Coach Merchant said um, in the press conference last game that they need to play all four quarters. And that's, you know, that's cliche in basketball, but you do, you have to play every single quarter. You can't go on cold streaks and they just got to move the ball around. They got to keep doing that Um, and shooting. They're not always consistent from three. um, And I think, you know, once they get that going um, with sharpshooters like Mia, obviously, and Tori Osmond, um, you know, I think that could help the rest of the team get going from beyond the arc. Yeah, and I think, and that was actually going on that last bit. That was actually something I was going to go into because when you look at how State was able to, they they didn't do it. The one a big reason why they were able to get back against Maryland, at least to get back to win two in the last seconds of that game, is that they actually started making um, outside shots because that's really that's the one of the few things they really don't do well offensively as a team. They aren't a great three point shooting team, at least by percentage. They're they only shoot thirty percent as a team, which in the whole nation is one hundred ninety eighth. In terms of their best three-point shooter right now, it's Eliza Winston at 36%. And then you have Julia Aroll at 33. Nia Clown's only at 30. Tori Osmond's only at 30. And, you know, they they generally don't take a ton of attempts. Like one, one shooter who really hasn't done done well in terms of really a serious stuff, Maura Joyner, who, you know, last year was maybe the – maybe, you know, a, shot 38%. She really offensively has been near – as involved as it seems in these games. She's only shooting – 27% from the three-point line, showing under 40% from the field. But I feel like for Michigan State, defensively, you have to lock in. Um, when you're going up against teams like Michigan and Indiana, you know, you're going to have not just a player like Nas Hillman for Michigan, who's obviously having a great season, but like with Maryland, you're going to have to account for multiple scores. So you need to be able to lock in. You need to be able to secure the defensive glass, which obviously both having both Julia Errol and Tyre Parks being hurt, that could potentially be a very big uh, turn into a weakness for MSU if one or both of them is potentially unavailable considering how, how are, you know, they're two of MSU's best rebounders. And I think, yeah, and you need to focus with outside shooting because if you have a second quarter like you did against Maryland, and then if you have, or if you have a first half like you, like you did against Nebraska, if you do that versus Michigan and Indiana, they're going to get, I mean, there's a, you know, you could get, you could, get blown out and obviously they came back against Maryland but it's not a guarantee that they're going to be able to make the, that that's going to be able to happen all the time so you have to avoid um quarter long obviously basketball is a game of runs but you have to avoid the quarter long uh cold streaks and you really have to focus on locking this locking on defense because Michigan you know coming in you know starting with tomorrow against Illinois and going in next week this is the chance they have to prove that they really do belong among the upper echelon of the Big Ten and if they're if they're able to you know come out of that streak maybe like say two or two or three or three of three in terms of wins and if not then maybe who knows maybe they might a lot of people probably consider them more middle of the pack in the conference. I would definitely agree. I think that if they want a chance to compete for a Big Ten title, they're going to have to win all three of these games. Michigan, thirteenth in the country, four and zero in the Big Ten, nine and zero on the season. That's not going to be by any stretch of the imagining imagination an easy game. But it's a game that if they want to win a Big Ten title or be at the top of the Big Ten, they need to be able to compete and win at least two of the next three of the games here. One thing I think that's going to be a key for that is strong starts. The first half has been a strong point for Michigan State through their first eight games and really not over their last two. 
when they were winning all their games, they were having big starts. I mean, Iowa, who's really good by behind who I think will probably be big 10 player of the year in Caitlin Clark, who is just a stud freshman for the Hawkeyes. They jumped out to a huge first half lead. Iowa came back and brought it close, but the lead in the first half is what saved them. And that's what they're going to have to start doing again is have strong first halves and be able to finish games. But really starting strong is going to be key for the Spartans going forward. Now we can give a little bit of kind of early season. It's our first podcast. So we'll go with early season predictions um, for the rest of big 10 season. So just kind of some storylines of what you think is going to happen the rest of the way. I think for this team to really keep being successful, I think the one thing that needs to happen is that, you know, I do think that, I do think that would be right for Susie Merchant to shorten up the bench a little bit and to make sure to keep your key players in there for longer and to make sure to, you know, avoid cultures like that. But I think that Nia Cloudin, um, if I had to make one prediction, I think that she will be, she's already, she's basically right there at 19.9 points per game. I believe that she will be a 20 going through the rest of the season. She will be a 20 points per game score for Michigan state. And I think to be, and, and I think they'll need her to be because when you're going up against players, the caliber of a Nas Hillman for Michigan, along with, along with uh, Leah Brown, and then when you look at, in, you know, India, obviously you have a Wilson for Maryland, who they just faced. You have Indiana, you have uh, Mackenzie Holmes averaging over 17 points. You need, you need someone, if you're Michigan State, who's going to be able to go toe-to-toe and be able to match those scoring performances. Right now, that's for them, that's been Nia Cloudon. She's had an incredibly great start to this season. She's been you know, she's definitely been everything in terms of looking at what they saw in terms of a potential preseason Big Ten, uh, all Big Ten player. And I think they're they are going to need her to be able to be that reliable 20 point per 20 points a game presence and then to work everything off of her. Because when you're going up against some of the top scores in the Big Ten, like they're going to be going up against in these next few games, um, if she's not going to be able to be on her A game. I'm not sure. Obviously, Eliza Winston, Julia Ayralt, you know, players like that, they they can score, but they need her to really assert herself and to to maybe not dominate the ball, but to you know assert herself in those key moments and to be sure that, you know, when it comes down to it, she's the one that's good. She's the one that has to make those clutch shots. I definitely agree with everything Darren's just said. Um yeah, Cloudin is definitely the biggest part of this Michigan State offense. I think Winston is somebody that really didn't re- really didn't show up until the Nebraska game. She was kind of on a cold streak for a couple of games there. She's got to play good as well. I mean, it's a really good backcourt that they have with Winston and Cloudin, but uh, currently it's just been Cloudin pulling her weight. I think Winston's got to play good as well. Osmond as well. Um when she's hot, the Michigan State uh, team, like you saw in the third quarter, I believe, was when she just had this ferocity with her of coming out of the locker room. She had like a uh, a jump ball that she grabs. Uh, she's really physical. She had, I believe, seven points in that third quarter, and she just kind of took over that uh, offense for the Michigan State uh, team. So just having someone else step up and fill in when Cloudens not at her best which we saw in the first half for the Nebraska game when she only had three points. It's just someone else has to fill in 
whether that's Julie A. Rawl, Tyre Parks down low. Somebody's got to put points on the scoreboard for the Michigan State Spartans with Clouds not hitting because she's not going to be able to be out there scoring 32 a night like she did uh, for Maryland. You can't rely on that. But just like looking ahead, some predictions for the Big Ten, I would say Michigan State would probably finish about fourth or fifth. I would say it's realistic with, I would say Maryland finishing first, Michigan finishing second, and then Indiana, and then you could probably slot Michigan State or Northwestern there at four or five, whichever one happens. Uh, they play Michigan twice upcoming. They have them on the 18th and then the 28th. So it's it's going to get real, real quick for Michigan State Spartans. And then they play Indiana again on the 31st. So they play Indiana and Michigan twice um, in this month. And then you got Maryland on the 10th of February. So it's like that. those games are definitely going to decide whether Michigan State Spartans can actually win this Big Ten Conference. Because if they don't, I don't see them getting in the top three. You would definitely have to win out if you're Michigan State, if you have any chance of winning the Big Ten. The other um, tough thing about that is they play Wisconsin back-to-back at the end of the regular season. And um, that's tough to beat a team twice in a row, especially in the Big Ten. Um, So if it comes down to it where it's, you know, pretty close at the end there, that might not be in their favor. Um, it could go in their favor. Um, so I think it's an either way kind of thing. I also wanted to talk about um, Eliza Winston. She has just um, really exceeded expectations this season um, after just averaging 2.9 points per game in her freshman season. Um, and ever since she got the start, she just, you know, she lit it up and she really um, overachieved. And, you know, there was – that three game stretch where she had 20 points and 25, then 19. Um, And that really could be helpful to Nia in the backcourt sharing the load, like you said, Owen. Um, And I think she can find this groove again. Um, And I think she will. And I think when she does, there'll be a team, um, you know, it'll be hard to beat. I think so. I think that, this Michigan state team, they still have all of the pieces and they really struggle against Nebraska. But I believe that if Julia Aroll was able to go in the second half against Nebraska, that they win that game, they were, they came back, they took the lead and things just didn't go right for them down the stretch. Nebraska hit shots. Those games happen. I think that if they can have a strong stretch here, this Michigan state team has a chance to compete for a Big Ten title. And, Champion, you mentioned about those back-to-back games against Wisconsin at the end of the year. And while that is very tough to beat a team back-to-back, if there's any team in the Big Ten that you want to play back-to-back, it might be Wisconsin. They sit at 0-6 in the Big Ten in last place. The only other winless team in the Big Ten would be Illinois, who is 0-5. Wisconsin, 3-6 and on the season as well. Not necessarily a team that's going to strike fear into the hearts of Michigan State. Right. I mean, they, they just can't Michigan. let up, though. This is true. It's very tough. But if you have to face one team in the Big Ten back-to-back, that's something that could potentially favor Michigan State down the end of the season. But I think Nia Cloudon's going to have to put on a – 
very, very, very strong performance for them down the stretch. And I think that you're going to have to see Eliza Winston continue to develop. And I think you're going to have to see a little bit more of Alicia Smith coming off the bench. She showed her ability to score. She did not have a great game against Nebraska, but I think that with her ability to stretch the floor a little bit, not as much as a shooter, but in other ways is going to be something that's Michigan state's going to need down the stretch. And also Mardrika cook has been taking a lot more threes over the last two games than she did through the first eight. And if she can start to hit that shot with consistency, it changes the dynamic of Michigan state's offense. The problem is she hasn't been able to hit those shots with consistency and it's been hurting them over the last two games. But I think that her jump shot looks smooth enough that I think she's going to be able to get that figured out. And I think the Spartans are going to have a chance to make a run down the end of the stretch. So with that, is there any other things you guys wanted to hit on before we sign off of our first episode of the Breslin breakdown? Just the thing on a challenge, just players coming off the bench. Um, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on who you think should be coming off the bench, assuming that they have a health, healthy starting five because you got people like Janiah Crooms who at times she's running the point, but I don't love her running the point for Michigan state. Uh, she had a couple of turnovers against Nebraska. That was crucial. She is like kind of fearless and she plays really good on defense, but sometimes she can uh, get kind of sloppy when it comes to turning over the basketball. Janae Crooms running the point reminds me a bit of watching Denzel Valentine run the point when he was a freshman. She may, she, she's a very high level playmaker in terms of vision. And sometimes she'll end up forcing something because she tries too hard to make a play. And I think that she has a lot of potential. And I really like Janae Crooms, as you mentioned, defensively, she's going to have to settle in, but a bit of it is, I think still a little bit of rush. She wasn't able to play. She was, had the transfer ineligibility, but also she was coming off an injury. So I think that she's going to start to settle in. I think that for me, in terms of players coming off the bench, I think that the three players that need to see the floor off the bench, in my opinion, are Crooms, Smith, and Joyner, and then probably Bostic as the fourth. I think they could probably go nine deep. Oh, Honestly, though, that's really tough because Mardrika Cook's not in the starting lineup right now, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, um, I mean, that's tough. Yeah. Because I think that all 10 of those players can contribute. Mo Joyner, Darren touched on it a little bit, was really good for the Spartans last season. And I think that she has the potential to do that again. She struggled a little bit since returning from concussion protocol. But I'm not sure that I'm all in on the needing to cut down the rotation train just yet. We'll see how it goes. And if coach merchant decides to do that, I'm sure she knows much, much better than I do in this scenario. But in my opinion, I'm not sure that they need to cut it down because I think that all 10 of those players can contribute. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's maybe not need to cut down, but I feel like she needs, I mean, I think that it is tough. Cause I do think, I think in terms of, I think in terms of like, I think they need to figure out though, who, what right now in terms of when you're going up, especially considering how important it will be going up against teams like Michigan, Indiana going like in the, in, you know, next week, I feel like they need to figure out 
what's their best crunch time lap? Because obviously you look at, you know, in terms of who to play at the four, Alicia Smith has shown, you know, when she's been recently that she can have, you know, like she showed against Purdue, like she has a very good scoring touch when she's able to get the ball. Like she's very capable, probably a little more capable in terms of being a more natural back to the basket scorer than Tyre Parks. Not that Tyre Parks can't score, although that's not necessarily her, you know, the strength of her game per se, but it really is tough because, Kendall Bostic, obviously coming in as a big time freshman, you know, she's been able, she's had a couple double digit scoring performances. Maura Joyner coming in from last year. I mean, she's, you know, like I pointed out earlier, she's struggled since coming back from the concussion protocol, as Zach said, but, you know, she's also, when she's gotten, when she's gotten more minutes this, this, during this season, she's been able to put up good production. So I think it's just a matter of probably just opportunity for her right now. And then with Madrika Cook, it's, I mean, Madrid Cook two years ago, last year she was fully healthy, was the Spartans, was well as the Spartans defensive player of the year. So I think, you know, even though, you know, probably could turn back on in terms of the three-pointer she's attempt she's attempting. But I mean, when you look at this year, she's still, you know, she can she's a good driver of the basket, very good defender, averaging a career high in rebounds. Her her overall game is probably still too, is probably in terms of, you know, their best a go-to defensive player off the bench is probably still too too important for her to get cut down. It's tough. It's really, it, it, but these are, you know what the thing about is, is that this is what good teams have in terms of the, these are good questions to have. Cause you don't want, if you're, if you have to worry about like, Oh, well, I have so many people there. I have so many good players. Like how, 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 you know, how do I distribute the mitts? Those are good problems to have. And that's the mark of a good team because the fact that they have that depth and obviously depending on, you know, the stats of Julia Aaron Tire Parks going forward, you know, there could maybe get some clarification. We could see, you know, maybe Alicia Smith and Rodrika could possibly getting starts in those spots in the next couple of games, depending on what their stats might be. But in the end of the day, it's a good problem to have when you have a team that can go legitimately 10 deep like state can. And, you know, I mean, it's just, I think it's just finding out really what are the best lineups to use in crunch time when, state in terms of finding their best combination of two-way players who can go who can you merchant can have that can go back on forth that can go back and forth on the floor easiest yeah i don't have a whole lot more to add except that smith is definitely someone they want to look at um for the rest of the season we've only seen um few games uh with her in a spartan uniform and i think she's still she may still be adjusting and um, I think when she finds her groove, we might be seeing her starting and we might be seeing her um, making a big impact at the end of games, continue to make a big impact, like you said, against Purdue. Um, she had that big scoring outburst in the fourth quarter. Um, and then Joyner, we know what she's capable of, and um, I'm not, I'm not worried about her right now. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us here for Impact 89 FM's Breslin Breakdown, the only podcast that we offer that breaks down everything Michigan State women's basketball. We'll be back with another episode soon. As I mentioned, Michigan State next game taking on the Illinois Fighting Illini. It'll be heard live on the air at impact89fm.org and 88.9 FM in the Lansing area. You can catch all of our women's basketball coverage there. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as you are, because you are listening to it. But that'll do it for us here for the Breslin Breakdown. Thank you for listening. For Zach Sardenic, 
and my co-hosts Owen Ozust, Aiden Champion, and Darren Baydoon. Have a nice day.